So what I want to do is just, this is, uh, does everyone know that we're going to be baptizing Casey? Does everyone know that? Okay. Yeah, good. All right. So what I want to do is I just want to read uh, th- three passages uh, that deal with uh, baptism, but more specifically baptismal regeneration. Who can tell me what that term means? Anybody? Produces new life, yes, okay, so that through baptism, new life is created, okay, the new birth, okay, so that that term regeneration is a term that's actually in the Bible, okay, Um, just not in the passages we're going to look at, but you do find it in places like uh, Titus chapter 3, where it talks about the washing of regeneration, matter of fact, we'll look at that one too, but um, the reason I want to do this is is because we, we need a good reminder of what it is that baptism does and why it's so important, and, and secondly, because Casey is coming out of a background that's similar to many of us, a uh, tradition which doesn't teach baptismal regeneration, as a matter of fact, would teach that baptismal regeneration is unbiblical or that it's heretical. And I came out of that. Like I said, many of you came out of that. Um, and so I want to I not only show you from Scripture uh, that position, that, that it's actually in the waters of baptism that we are given new life, okay? It's not just some memorial or like I was taught, you do it uh, as a sign of what has already taken place, right? Of the, uh, the sign of, of, your, of your salvation, okay? No, salvation actually happens in the waters of baptism or through baptism. And so, like I said, I want to just read a few passages. And then what I want to do is I thought would be helpful is I want to read to you the first 200 years of church history. So this is coming from uh, what were called the Apostolic Fathers, just commenting on this so that you can see, and some of these individuals, by the way, some of them were either uh, uh, direct disciples like, like Clement, who's one of the uh, particular writers that's in what I'm going to be reading. He's considered to be the Clement that is mentioned with Paul in Scripture. Um, so you have individuals, and another who, who was with uh, was a direct disciple of, of John the Apostle. So you have individuals that were with the apostles who are writing this stuff as it relates to baptismal regeneration. What are the chances they got it wrong, right? And so I just want you to see, so for the first 200 years, this is what they're teaching and they're believing, okay? So let me just start with the scripture. That's obviously our authority. Uh, but texts that probably in times past, we just didn't think about this way. So the first is Matthew 28. And what does Jesus say in, in verse 19? Well, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Well, make followers of Christ. Now, we don't have here mention of regeneration, but that's assumed to become a disciple is to be born again, to become a Christian, right? And how do we do that? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So that's Matthew 28. So we turn over then to John 3 in Jesus' conversation with uh, Nicodemus. In John 3, and this is really, I think, the most explicit and, and I think the most powerful of all the, the texts that speak to this issue, is Jesus himself in uh, his conversation with Nicodemus. In John chapter 3, verse 5, Jesus uh, Jesus is telling him, unless one is born again, and that term born again 
is what regeneration refers to, right? New life, new birth, right? So uh, Jesus says, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, verse 4, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So there you have, I think, uh, one of the most uh, powerful statements about this, that it's through the water that you're born again. Okay? Then you uh, turn over to uh, our text in First Peter that we talk about all the time. Well, let me, actually, I'll go back to, so kind of keep it, keeping it in order of uh, how our New Testaments are put together. Titus 3, Titus uh, 3 Uh, He says this in verse 5, He saved us. Now think about this. He saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, and here's how, by the washing of regeneration. And that word washing is uh, baptismo, the word that we get baptism from. Through the baptism of regeneration. So we're being told that uh, he saved us by the washing or the baptismo of regeneration. So, here you have baptismal regeneration. And 1 Peter chapter uh, 3, a text we all know, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 21 says this, Baptism which corresponds to this. What is he talking about? Well, uh, God saving Noah through water, through the flood, which is what verse 20 is about. Uh, God's patience waiting in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared in which a few, that is, eight persons, were brought safely through water. God saving Noah through water. Baptism, which now corresponds to that, now saves you. Uh, So it's pretty clear, I think, from the Bible, if you're willing to submit to what the Scripture says rather than tradition, uh, the Bible makes it really clear that we are saved through baptism. It's, It's pretty simple. That's the place like he says here, going on in verse 21, where God accepts our faith. You say, well, I'm saved by faith. Yes, but where? And uh, this is what he's talking about when he says, after that, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Where I make my appeal to God, where I say, I want to be a Christian, I want the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, I want to follow him, Where I make that appeal and God will accept it is in the waters of baptism. And we know from Scripture that God, uh, most of the time, is very prescriptive. In other words, he doesn't just accept things any certain way. He says, this is the exact place you'll do it. This is when you do it. Even the day, right? Think about the day. This is the day you'll do this on. And this is what it'll look like. Otherwise, I won't accept it. And so uh, the same is true uh, when it comes to how we make our appeal by faith to be saved. We, God says, if you want me to accept that faith, if you want that faith to be saving, then it needs to come through the waters of baptism. Okay? So now let me just read you, like I said. So here's, the first is uh, Justin Martyr. So this guy actually lived uh, less than 100 years after the death of Christ. Okay? So again, uh, and, and he was, we know, not only was he a, a prolific writer, so he, he wrote a, a quite, a, diff, a, quite a, a bunch of stuff, but he was also very popular in the church at this time. So this, this guy wasn't considered by the early church to be a heretic in what he's writing, right? And this is a guy that's coming um, 
less than 100 years after Christ. And here's, here's what he says. And this is just, I'm just going to read you uh, what he says. He says this, On the practice of baptism, as many as are persuaded and believe that what we teach and say is true and promise to live accordingly are instructed to pray and to entreat God with fasting for the remission of their past sins, we pray and fast with them, then we bring them where there is water and they are regenerated in the same manner in which we ourselves were regenerated. In the name of God, the Father and Lord of the universe, and our Savior Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, they receive the washing with water. So here's a guy writing again, less than 100 years after the death of Christ. He's popular in the church. He's accepted by the church. And how does he view baptism as regeneration? That's the place where you are saved, okay? So let me just read uh, a few more. This is coming from Irenaeus. He says this. Again, all of these uh, that I'm going to be reading to you are, nobody lived uh, past 225 A.D. So this is a very short period of time of writers, very close to the time of Christ, very close to the time of the apostles, some of them actually contemporaries with the apostles, and this is what they're saying about baptism. Uh, Irenaeus says this, Therefore the baptism of our regeneration takes place through these three articles, granting us regeneration unto God the Father through His Son by the Holy Spirit. Again, therefore the baptism of our regeneration. <clears throat> this is coming from uh, Hippolytus. Uh, he says this, uh, pray over those who have been baptized. Lord God, you have made them worthy to deserve the remission of sins. Listen to this. Through the laver, so that'd be like a container that would hold water, through the laver of regeneration. You've made them worthy to receive the remission of sins or forgiveness of sins through the laver of regeneration. He says this, continuing on in, 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 in one of his other writings, the one who comes down in faith to the laver of regeneration and renounces the devil and joins himself or herself to Christ, who denies the enemy and makes the confession that Christ is God, who puts off the bondage and puts on the adoption, the one who comes up from the baptism, brilliant as the sun, flashing forth the beams of righteousness, and the most important thing, becomes a child of God and a joint heir with Christ. So it's all about baptism, and what is it called? The labor of regeneration. It is the place of new birth. Uh, this is coming from Origen. He says this. Um, uh, he says, Remember this, it is impossible to receive forgiveness of sins apart from baptism. Apart from baptism. This is uh, now uh, Tertullian. He says this, last one. Water was the first to produce that which had life, Genesis 1.20, that it might be no wonder if water's know how to give life in baptism. So he's now making the connection between uh, those first waters in creation and uh, those life-giving waters and now saying this is what we see in baptism. The Spirit of God, he continues, who hovered over the waters from the beginning, continues to linger over the waters of baptism. The act of baptism itself is physical. We are plunged in water, but the effect is spiritual. We are freed from our sins. So again, first 200 years of church history, and, and, and I could continue on, but I just decided that we would just cover that 
span of time because I think it's the most important because it's the closest to the time of Christ. And like I've said before, if you're doing research on anything to determine what somebody believed, it's always the oldest stuff that's the most reliable because it's closest to the particular epicenter that you're studying. So, so here you have individuals. All of these individuals, by the way, were considered to be... Uh, they, were, they were accepted by the church. They weren't heretics. They were called later uh, the uh, early church fathers. Um, so these are men who the church looked to and, and believed what they believed in what they're writing and what did they teach? Baptismal regeneration. That we are that we are born again, that we receive the new life and the new birth through the waters of baptism, because that's where now through that act we are expressing faith in Christ and asking for the remission or the forgiveness of sins. And so we met with Casey like we've met with all of you over the years and uh Pastor Tim and I met with her and had a long talk with her about why she's doing this, why she wants to do this. She wants to follow Christ. She understands that that only happens. It only starts uh, in the waters of baptism. She understands this is a marriage. She's coming into covenant with Christ through his church. She wants to do that, and she understands it's for the rest of her life. And so uh, we're glad to have her. Amen. Amen. And God's adding to our family. So that's a good thing.